Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to Wrath of Khan Minute, the podcast where we analyze and uh, scrutinize the Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan, one minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Hello. And today we're looking at Minute 7. Uh, minute 7 starts with uh, a voice off screen telling, uh, telling her, all right, open her up. And ends a minute later with Kirk saying, and why not? Why not? Yes. And we actually get to see Kirk, and we finally figure out what's going on here. Yes, finally. This disaster of <laughs> it's been going on, yeah. all the stress. Um, I do like as, the, uh, uh, as he calls out, oh, you know, all right, open her up, um, that everything in the room starts winding down. Yes. All the alarms and everything. And, uh, and then the, uh, the light starts to pan across the room as... Yeah, that bright, it. that bright light. Yes, that bright dramatic light. That you know, is that built specifically for a dramatic I that, entrance? <laughs> I, it's got to be because there's a haze right there, and it's like he's in shadow, and uh, it's, it's it was it's totally cool. The only thing that would have been better is like it was like one of those, uh, you know, the lasers that they right. do sometimes. Where they you know, yes. a room full of fog and the laser, and they walk down the laser tunnel. That's a <laughs> that would have been cool, right? Um, so, so yes, dramatic, super dramatic entrance, which I'm pretty sure was in the trailer. That was one of the things I meant to do was, uh, was check out the, the original yes. trailer. Uh, cause there were, there's some moments in there that I, I do want to talk about during the podcast right? Uh, that I distinctly remember even, you know, now 35 years later. Right. Um, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, that was in it. That was, that was in the trailer. Um, and then we see, you know, Savick standing up to take her medicine and ask for any suggestions. Admiral. Right. Yes. Admiral Kirk. Admiral. <laughs> Save it. Yes. Um, yes. And um, as we note from uh, the motion picture, he was also an admiral at the beginning of that movie as well. So this is not, you know, nothing new him being admiral. Right. Um yeah, I did. I did wonder that at first when I was I had to go back and look because I'm like, I thought he was a captain in the first movie, but uh, but no, still an admiral, uh, clearly in charge. Um, and of course, his his suggestion is is prayer. Yes, and this is um yeah, this is one of the the first notes that we see of his extreme dislike of the Klingons. Klingons don't take prisoners. No, I never picked up on that, but you're right. That does fit with his character. He's very, uh, very, very Yes, very wary of that. Um, the other thing I noticed is just his attitude coming in. Like, you know, he gives, you know, the, you know, prayer, Mr. Savick. You know, Klingons don't take prisoner. And even, uh, you know, later in the in the minute, he's he's he definitely has a distinct like. I would I would say your term bitter attitude to this whole minute. Like there's something clearly bothering him. Yeah, and he's, he seems a little cold, rather than uh, uh, like what a you know a reassuring teacher might be, say. 
Uh, right. He's he definitely does not giving off that that vibe uh, in this minute. Um, yeah. So, uh, so this one I I need to ask you because I don't know if you've figured it out or noticed it. Um, uh, you know, after Kirk says, "Yep," you know, prayer that they don't take, they don't take prisoners. Uh, he you know yells for the lights to be turned on or off or whatever it is. Um, just as lights, lights, and then just after that, there's a there's some voice that comes out of nowhere in the background, <laughs> and it's like over I guess over a loudspeaker, and I can't tell what the hell he's saying. I, I've oh. listened to it over and over and over again. As far as I can tell, it's someone just saying, "Mowers on, <laughs> blowers it's, on, blowers on, blowers on." So it's to get all that smoke and haze out of the out of the room. It's blowers on. You're my hero. I could not figure <laughs> out what he was saying, and that makes total sense now that he's at it. All right, gold star for you, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> blowers on. Uh so uh blowers are on um kirk looks around the room and and calls out to captain yes captain spock captain spock so spock's got a promotion since the last time we saw him yeah he was commander commander spock in the motion picture so that's pretty cool and he's alive yes yes everyone everyone's alive no one is alive happy days (laughs) um so and he gets tr- he gets up unfazed, obviously. Class trainees to the briefing room. Right. So now we know it's more confirmation. This has just been a training exercise the whole time. Exactly. Um, one thing I, I you know again looking at this whole episode and just going back to the very beginning when you know they uh, you know the light starts and you just see Savick slowly standing up and. We're only in like the what third minute of actual third or fourth minute of actual action, mm-hmm. and the foreshadowing done within those four minutes of stuff that will happen later. You know, obviously we've watched the movie, but things that they do that we see again later—that just that slow rise, the captain standing—and we will see that again. Oh, it's, right. yeah. it's just I really, I really like how they developed some of the foreshadowing in this movie what about mccoy laying on the floor is that foreshadowing of anything i don't don't think everything's foreshadowing but but there are just there are key moments that i'm noticing again as we're obviously analyzing this minute by minute it's you're seeing it over and it's like you know what i've seen i've seen something similar to that oh that happens in you know minute 25 or that happens you know oh that's that's in the last minute you know and it's just i'm amazed how well that they're almost reproducing Elements from the beginning all the way in the in the, in the end of the movie and how well they match. Yeah, um, a couple of things uh, I noticed uh, at, uh, right at this moment too is uh, as uh, the trainees start leaving the room, <clears throat> Savic you know uh, decides to she turns around and decides to wait for everybody to head out. Uh, a couple right. of things. Um, one was that there's another another voice over the loudspeakers and this time it's a maintenance crew report to bridge simulator, um, which. Sounds like someone calling for a cleanup on aisle nine. Uh, so I, <laughs> I like that one. Nice. Um, but uh, I just, I just, just noticed that also the, um, uh, I don't know, it's just called the the, the station that Sulu sits at. Um, it is wrecked. Yes. The, uh, like, yeah, there is some just actual destruction there. So they must have to rebuild that simulator a lot. Right. So that wasn't just like a little smoke bomb that went off. You know. Uh, <laughs> 
and Sulu was probably jumping out of the way of whatever <laughs> went off on that thing. Uh, so uh, I had never noticed that before. It was uh, just uh, uh, it's fun, fun flipping through these things. Uh, so let's see, what do we get? So I do, I do want to talk about um, uh, Kirk. You know, Kirk walks up to McCoy, calls out, you know, physician, heal thyself. Yes, which, which is a, a quote from the Bible. I did look that one up. That's from mm. Luke four twenty three, um, and I think we'll we'll be talking about other um, works of literature, right? That are that are yes. used during the movie. But this is the first one. Um, but I also one of the things I love about Rathacon, and this is this is the I think the first example of it, um, is the humor that they bake into this movie, uh, where where Kirk says. I'm not a drama critic, you know, just right, yeah. kind of zinging him, right? Um, I think, But the look on McCoy's face at that moment, yeah, he's kind of zinging him, but he, he almost like he's smiling, but then his face changes and sort of like, hmm, there's an underlining note to that zing. Like oh. something's going on here. Like just his face is like, what is, what's going on? Well, that's, and, you know what? That's, that's interesting because I, <laughs> I did not pick up on that. I definitely saw the, you know, the change in the expression, but I thought it was more like, I was just getting, you know, Kirk zinging me. But uh, you're right, maybe he's reading something more into Kirk's mood. I definitely think that. Just in even the way Kirk delivers, you know, I'm not a, no, I'm not a drama critic. It isn't like, it is a little bit of a zing, but he sort of has, I feel like, and I've said it, I think he has a little bit of an edge in this sort of scene. Like, there is something definitely bothering him. Yep. So, yeah, so now uh, Kirk addresses Savik, who's still standing there waiting. Uh, yep. And, uh, uh, she, you know, calls out, says, uh, starts complaining. I don't think this is a fair test of my complaint right. abilities. And uh, to, to me, it's kind of whiny. Um, and uh, I don't know, just not very Vulcan-like. Yeah. True. And yes. Um, expect it's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> Stamping her feet. It's not fair. Not fair. It's not fair. I got that as well. Yes. And of course, we don't get much farther than that because he just gets out the first. It, and why not? And why not? Why is it unfair? I, I would love to hear your reasons for this. Right. Um. Uh, I think the the just worth noting the the book he's carrying with him. He's got a book under his arm. And, yes. Um, uh, Tale of Two Cities. Yes. Charles Dickens. Right. We will learn more about that in, I believe, the next minute or two. So that was all I had. So in looking at this episode, the one thing I wanted to go back and look at was um, specifically about the Kobayashi Maru itself. Like in the annals, the canon, the lore of Star Trek, like where else does it exist? And the one, the first one that I came up with was obviously the, the Star Trek reboot with Chris Pine and that gang. And, and noting their simulation was entirely cadets. Whereas this version, pretty much there was, we pointed out three to four different cadets, but everyone else was senior staff. Right. Yet, so I just thought that was kind of an interesting difference. That makes a lot more sense to me when you think about it, because um, you know the, the simulation they're doing, the training simulation they're doing. It would make sense that you just have all cadets right. in there, right? And uh, right. Um, I have a feeling it would, this is probably more of a 
what like a, a plot device to, to a fake out for the audience because right we've got the entire classic cast on board they're all getting killed you're like what, right. what is yeah. going on why, why am i seeing this um so it was, that's so I, I think they did a better job with it um, uh, in the reboot no i agree i think while i love this version i i think the version with having all the cadets like would someone call out and say hey, we're in violation of treaty would they know that like i i feel like having spock there saying that you know, almost diminishes the test a little. Yeah, he said it's, it's kind of uh, he's trying to steer her away, right? From, right, from her exactly. Or, yeah. So that brings me to my next point. What was I was actually looking to see, like, what was why did they, you know, why did they do this test? And looking up on Memory Alpha, I came up with uh, with this the 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 primary goal of the exercise is to rescue the civilian vessel Kobayashi Maru in a simulated battle with the Klingons. It's located in the neutral zone, and uh, you know any Starfleet ship that enters into the zone creates an incident. So obviously, violation of the treaty. Um, so the the goal is is to see what the cadet will do. Will they bypass or will they will they enter? And you know obviously endangering their crew, their lives, you know, you know the ship, and you know or or leave and you know right. ignore it. Um, one thing to note is that if they go into rescue, it's the, if they will be destroyed. Like there is no non-win scenario there. It's if they will they will lose that confrontation. Right. Well, I think we, you know, not to not to jump ahead. I think we we learn <clears throat> that that's the exact point of the test, right? Is, right. Is really, it's really observational. Um, and uh, yeah, I wonder if it has. This must be based in must be real world analogs of this. I would I would imagine so yeah. like you know in the navy army in the in the military now I'm sure there's even tests like this in uh, everyday jobs so you go in and you know yeah. you take a test and perhaps you have to decide what to do and whether or not it's the right answer they watch you sweat it out yeah pretty much yeah exactly so the last thing that I uh noted about the Kobayashi Maru was that there were nine books that included in some way the Kobayashi Maru, whether it was just a phrase or a paragraph or they devoted, uh, you know, longer points. But there were actually two books that I wanted to note. One was called The Kobayashi Maru, which was based on the original Star Trek. And then there was The Kobayashi Maru, which was based on the Enterprise. So the are, difference between the, the Enterprise with Captain... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. These are books. Uh, these are not in-universe books. These are books for you and I. Yes, these are books that we, that we would read. You and I would read. Yes. So, uh, the one about the in the, in the uh, Captain Archer Enterprise is actually the event. So, what the Kobayashi Maru is based on. So, the test actually comes from an actual event. Oh, really? That's cool. Yes. So it says uh, the the blurb that I have here is uh, the Kobayashi Maru is is a retrofitted Klingon cargo vessel under Earth control and with a human crew. When the ship is struck by a gravita- gravitic mine, Captain Archer and the crew of the Enterprise are sent to assist. Though forewarned that the Enterprise is entering a trap by the Romulans, Archer attempts to rescue the crew and passengers of the Kobayashi Maru. At this point, three Klingon cruisers being controlled by remote Romulan tele- telepresence systems drops out of warp and begin attacking the Enterprise. As the sh- system ships begin to fail from Romulans' attempt to capture Enterprise via the 
blah, 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 blah. So it's basically, in this yeah. version of the novel, it's the event that happens, but it's the Romulans who are actually the bad guys, not the Klingons, which we are led to believe by just seeing the three Klingon warbirds there. Gotcha. But is it is it that the is that another test or is that the what actually no, this, happened? This, they, this was what actually happened oh, okay. as the way they they uh, they actually marketed it. So cool. the other one, which is based in the original series, the Kobayashi Maru, actually tells of the different uh, Star Trek um, officers, such as Chekhov, Sulu, Scotty, like how they dealt with. Oh, the Kobayashi Maru and what their that, decisions yeah. were. Mm-hmm. So Sc- Scotty actually um, tricked the uh, simulation, um, and his goal was actually to get thrown out of the test and be reassigned to engineering, which is what he wanted to do all along. So he actually screwed himself over so that he could go, he could get demoted or punted over to the engineering group. He flunked it on purpose. Yes. Okay. That's cool. So uh, Sulu realized it was a trap, and he refused to go into the neutral zone. And what's, what I noted in this was that his crew actually threatened mutiny. Mm, okay. So, and then uh, uh, Chekhov actually tried an interesting uh, thing where he actually evacuates his ship and then flies the ship into the three cruisers. Wow. But... In his haste, he destroys everybody anyway and kills all the people who tried to evacuate. That's why they call it no win. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you know, you just got me thinking. You know, rattling off all these people who have taken the test, and um, I wonder how Starfleet managed that kind of thing. If everybody's taking the test, of like all you know, cadets who are in line for command are taking it. How does how does the word not get out? That, oh, dude, if you take the Kobayashi Maru test, here's what's going to happen. Well, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe or they... think they, they have to sign a non-disclosure. Non-disclosure. <laughs> Can't talk about the Kobayashi Maru. Or if there's... Nobody, very, maybe there's variations Nobody talks about Fight Club. <laughs> no one talks about um, Maybe there's variations of the of the test, you know, like... Mm, it's possible, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's interesting. It's definitely a little... Like we t- I think we talked about in the previous minute, you know, that's... <clears throat> it's a... It's an interesting, you know, psychological exercise and test. True, and, and uh, it it definitely works. You know, it, it works in the real world. We don't, have, you know, we don't have starships, but it, you can you can totally apply it to uh, to our world. Right. Yeah. Very deep. Very cool. But uh, this was a good episode. I I, I mean, I, I like these three minutes just because we realize you know the test and we finally get to see it and. Uh, they broke the ice, as it were. Yes. Yep. All right. Well, uh, anything else, Dave? You clearly did your homework better than I did. Uh, <laughs> I think we both did pretty good. Oh, I actually, um, before we hit our outro, um, the one thing I did want to mention is I did a little bit of homework. Oh, that's right. We had some from previous minutes. Yep. Yes. So uh, one thing that I noted was the treaty that they violated, the one Spock famously says, we're now in violation of treaty, was the neutral zone treaty was a diplomatic treaty established in 2267 between the Klingons, Romulans, and the United Federation of Planets. So that's what the treaty they violated. Okay. <clears throat> so it wasn't necessarily just a Klingon. Uh, a Klingon no, it seemed treaty. like there was it – was, it was all three of the main, main uh, factions. Okay. Um, and then I, uh, just in my curiosity to find out 
you know, more about what a log buoy was. And it's basically what we kind of thought. It's this sort of little projectile that gets shot out and contains all the information, uh, you know, before the destruction of the, of the vessel. Um, the one thing I, I, I would note is if you get a chance to look, it's larger than I would have thought. I would have think it would have been, you know, this little tiny thing. Oh yeah, but it's 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 pretty big. I don't know if I said it when we talked about it last time, but all I'm picturing is a cassette recorder attached to a balloon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I figured. I'm I'm thinking cell phone size. You know, I'm thinking you know an iPhone shooting out the side of a, you know. But it's it's not. It's actually about the size of a human. Oh no, kidding. Okay, it's like oh, a little. Expected so, that. Yeah, it's like a little spacecraft. Cool. Yeah. So did a little bit of homework. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Um, I don't think we have any new homework in this minute, do we? I don't think so. I think... uh, So we can relax tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. All right. Great. Well, in that case, I think we can uh, can probably wrap it up um, and uh, uh, let everybody know that we will be back on Wednesday. Um, So uh, appreciate everybody listening in. Um, And uh, while you're waiting for us to come back, um, you can always check us out um, at uh, wrathofconminute.com. Uh, we'd also uh, like to ask folks if you could uh, go out to iTunes and uh, uh, rate us and drop us a review to help out the show. That would be much appreciated. Um, we'd still love to hear from folks. So if you want to drop us a line at uh, podcast at wrathoconminute.com. Um, again, we'd love to love to hear from you and love to share your thoughts on the air. Yep, um, that would be great. And then, uh, and then again, uh, we can also you can also find us on um, on Twitter. Uh, we're at uh, wok minute uh, walk minute. On Twitter. Um, yep, and uh, as usual, don't forget our our brethren in the Minute Clan. So there's you know Star Wars Minute, uh, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, Goodfellas, Jaws, and um, I think there's a new Minute coming out sometime later this summer. There is. Uh, I just heard about it recently. It's a Alien Minute. Yes, that should be exciting. I'm looking forward to that. That's also another one of my favorite series. I'm looking forward to it, but I I, I think I already uh, shared with those guys when they announced it that uh, Aliens like one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, and so <laughs> I'm a little nervous about the podcast that it's going to be one of the scariest ones I've ever heard. Um, so, at any rate, all right. Well, then uh, we will be back on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you again on the next uh, Wrath of Khan Minute. Bye, Dave. Have a, have a good night.